You are listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Good morning. Good morning. To you, not to our listeners who may be listening at like 8 p.m. Sure, whatever, but good morning, Josiah. Good morning, Ethan. How you doing? I'm good. Great. It's good. No deadly illnesses that I'm aware of yet. Always, always a good status update on that. I do feel good. Energy levels are good. Mine are better. Yeah. Mine are, but not, not mine are better than yours. That's not what I mean. <laughs> That's, I mean, <laughs> my energy levels are better than your energy levels. Well, it's my different. energy levels could beat up your energy levels. Mine could definitely not. Um, I'm not a morning person, but I'm more on the ball than usual. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, coffee? Uh, yes, yeah, my second mark? my second go. Already two today. <laughs> Impressive. Yeah. It's it wasn't it, it worked. <laughs> they got the job done. So here we you are. You must have like really down that first one then. Mm-hmm, question mark. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like quick. Like whew. Yeah. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Pure fact. That be what it be. Well, <sighs> you know what time it is. Oh, I do know what time it is. Yeah. Time for the next article of the Apostles' Creed. Apostles' Creed for Black Flag! Woo, that's right. Oh, yes. See, I made the Assassin's Creed joke this go-around. <laughs> it's absolute best entry in the entire... Uh, well, it's the best entry, in my opinion. Best entry in the game. In the series. Best game in the series. I never actually played. Are you kidding me? After the slog that was 3, and I think we talked about this last time, <laughs> I never sucks. finished 3, and so three I just sucks. never moved on after that. 4, man, you get to be a freaking pirate. I'm interested in that. You're a pirate. You sail... Free roam sailing... Your pirate ship. You get it's literally worth the price of admission just to sail around. It's the best sail a pirate ship experience you can have in a game. And it gets better than that. There are so many of those. There's so many of those. Your crew sings sea shanties. <gasps> they sing they sing sea shanties. Actual sea shanties. And they're so good. They're I j- bet they're they are. So catchy. And it's just like this rousing chorus of sailors singing. It's so cool. I bet you're ready to sail the seven seas after listening to some of those. Without question. That's amazing. Except wow. for the hygiene. Oof. Except for, yeah. Don't scurvy and uh, no thank you. Oof, no I, <laughs> thank oof. you. Anyway. That's, yeah. Jokes aside. <laughs> So, in the last episode, we discussed the article which says that Jesus was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. So, we talked about how that kind of emphasized Christ's humanity, among other things. This next article further emphasizes Christ's full humanity. Here it is. This is the next article in the Creed. All right. He, that is Jesus, of course, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. So, that's kind of oddly specific. It is. I was thinking that exact same thing as you said that. Yes. Just very, very specific because most Christians are pretty familiar with the sufferings of Christ. That's pretty important part of the faith. One might you know? call it central. <laughs> they, they might. They might call it central. The symbol of our religion is a cross. Yes. Not a question mark as I intimated it. it that's a statement. It is a cross. <laughs> So we're pretty familiar with that, but we don't commonly link those sufferings specifically to Pontius Pilate. Absolutely not. No. Yet that little tidbit of information makes it into the Apostles' Creed. That is interesting. (laughs) I do find that peculiar. (laughs) 
Uh, yes, so obviously it's not quite as inconsequential as we might have thought at first. I, I mean, like, the man feels kind of like a footnote <laughs> to me, honestly. <laughs> always has. Because, like, I've always sort of pictured him as, like, some, like, political schmuck. Like, <laughs> like, a, like a stock character that maybe isn't a total villain, but just sort of a medium-level figurehead who, like, he doesn't he doesn't care enough to lift a finger beyond the basic requirements of his station. Mm. I mean, some days I'm like, why do we even know his name? <laughs> He's just a, he's just he's a plot device. He's not even a plot device. He's just filling a slot for the important stuff to happen on top of. <laughs> I'm trying to think. He's like what was his face in Batman Begins? Uh, falafel guy. You know what I mean? Like he's not really important at all. He's yeah, just he's, he's there to provide a link to exactly. the Falcone crime enterprise. Exactly. You know what? They don't like falafel. <laughs> You know, pilot, what, you don't uh, like Jesus, you know? Exactly. Yeah, well, it brings up an interesting discussion point. So uh, before we talk about Jesus's crucifixion, death, and burial, we probably ought to try and answer the question, who was Pontius Pilate? Yeah. And why is he getting a shout out in the unifying creed of Christendom? Exactly. Like that's by name. I feel he like is he, in there. In this mode, I'm sure you're going to correct this way of thinking. But I feel like at this point he could have gotten a miss. And <laughs> that's it. It's okay. Just been like, and they brought him to a Roman yeah. governor. Why, why not and, suffered under, the, under Roman rule? Why not yeah. that? But we're like, no, it's Pilate. Pontius Pilate. Man. Yes. Well, who was Pilate? The shortish answer is that Pilate was a Roman official. Okay. Got that right. Who was responsible for the Roman administration of Judea. Okay. So like the the, the region that was more or less Jewish. He's the regional manager. Yes. That's, that's yeah. <laughs> uh, the promotion of Michael Scott. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> Now, the thing is, is we don't really have a ton of reliable information on him before or after his stint as a prefect. That was the Roman title he had, okay. was prefect. Prefect. Uh, yes. <laughs> so most scholars date his governance starting in 26 AD and ending in 36 AD. So he starts before Jesus's public ministry and his reign, so to speak, ends shortly after Jesus's death, burial, and resurrection. Now, as prefect of Judea, he was the head of the judicial system, which explains why Jesus's enemies brought him to Pilate, because he was the one who would basically have the final say in those right. matters of legality and execution. But he was also responsible for the fiscal side of things. So collection of taxes and revenues, distribution of funds for provincial needs, passing along taxes and reports to Rome, and so on. That kind of thing. Without the, I guess, the familiar contention of our current de like democratic system, this guy kind of strikes me, and I'm saying this just to put it in like familiar terms. Yeah, He seems like a, like a governor of a region with, with more power than we're used to. Yeah. When it comes to governors of regions. Yeah, that's that's a very fair and wordy description. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, you know, if you know the rest of the, the gospel story, you know that Pilate right there, I mean, on a morning, a casual, you know, Friday morning could be like, yeah, we can crucify this guy. Go ahead. Take him out. You know, like, yeah, that's, no that's checks, a lot of power. Not a lot of checks and balances. Yeah, no, just kind of like, yeah. Perhaps, perhaps zero. Yeah, perhaps. And like, there was no evidence that like any of his superiors were like, uh, what were you doing there, pilot? Yeah. Like, you know, like, hey, what was it going on with that? Just kind of like, oh, yeah, well, you know, another day in the life. It makes me think of the position of a steward. Yeah. Just because of Lord of the Rings. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Denethor. Just because Denethor had uh, more authority than he needed to. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like kingly powers, but not yeah. a king. Because like, exactly. Because like the words of reign yeah. and of governorship 
definitely suggest plenty of influence and power. Yes. Without actually being the reigning power over all of the land. Right, exactly. Yes. So, the historians Josephus and Philo, who were like early 1st, 2nd century historians, they in fact do relate some stories about Pilate during his stint as prefect. Probably the most famous, since we just don't have a ton of time to get into everything that they talked about and how exactly reliable it was. But there's a story in Josephus where Pilate has an aqueduct built into Jerusalem, which there are other records that indicate he did do that, which is it's actually kind of cool. You know, like, oh, we're going to have an aqueduct. Innovative. In. Yeah. Probably Romans do that. The, yeah. You know, you think that's people who need water, which is everyone. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, thing is, he used Jewish sacred monies <laughs> for this project. So rather than, you know, being like, I'm going to use Roman money. He took it right out of their pockets instead. Yes. Not yeah. uncommon imperial strategy. <laughs> Which, of course, obviously earned the ire of the Jews. Oh, like They I'm were sure. like, this is sacred money for, you know, offerings and worship and the temple. And uh, no, no, you cannot. <laughs> so Josephus tells us that they congregated in protest, mm-hmm. as they were wont to do. And at that point, apparently Pilate was, you know, there was a pretty big congregation of them. Okay. And he was trying to be like, no, go home. Like, <laughs> just leave well enough alone. And they're like, no. No. And so he's like, okay. And then there are soldiers just pulling swords and daggers and, you know, typical Roman crowd yeah. management. <laughs> just, but, yeah. First of all, yeah. But it's just, it's weird because um, he's, he's, he's misusing funds. Not surprising to me. Yeah. No eyebrows raised to the position of power misusing money. Yeah. That's- but then he tries to dissuade them, sort of, yeah. before using force, which is such a weird thing about his, like, and like recurring thing about yes. his character. Because like, was he doing them a favor? Not really. I'm kind of thinking not really. <laughs> I feel like he, he is a story of, of half efforts. Yes. Like this, this <laughs> sort of, <laughs> like a sort of attempt, but never really enough to enact a meaningful change for the right thing. Yes, that is so true. He's like a guy who's like, I kind of want to do the right thing. Like, I don't want to get my hands bloody, but... Nah, like, not enough to not do it. Exactly. You know, like, uh, I'd rather have blood on my hands than have, like, Tiberius Caesar be like, yo, Pilate, what are you doing? Like, why why are you letting things run amok, you know? exactly. So, yeah. So that's Pilate. I mean, that's just the kind of, that's a great description of him, the sort of, sort of character. (laughs) Like, eh, you know, like, shrugs the shoulders, like, all the time. And uh, here's the crux of saying all this and pointing out, you know, this little story and these anecdotes. The crux of this is the fact that Jesus suffered under Pontius Pilate, and that's another piece of the gospel that verifies its historical flesh and blood reality. Like, Pontius Pilate was a real Roman prefect. Right. He existed. He's not some figure that the gospel writers made up to personify a villainous Rome, oh, right? right? Or, right, you know, right. to say, like, yes, the imperial powers. You know, he was crucified and suffered under imperial powers, you know? Like, in a broad sense, yes, that's yeah, true. Sure. But specifically, there was a man named Pontius Pilate. There are archaeological records of inscriptions he made, and I think there have been coins found, like, coins mm. that he minted with maybe his face on them and stuff like that. So he's a real man, a real Roman official who had real responsibilities. And to come back to your point, as a matter of fact, when you read the Gospels, you see that at first Pilate maybe really is trying to be fair with Jesus at first. You know, he recognizes Christ's innocence. He sees that he's been delivered up out of envy. Like he perceives this, you know, probably something he's used to. Like Mm. people like, you know, (laughs) like, you know, I I can't imagine any of that would happen in, you know, positions of... He's like, oh, it's Tuesday already, huh? Yeah. (laughs) So, so, you know, he does, he tries at first (laughs) 
to say, no, like, there's no guilt in this man. Sure. Let's free him. I mean, in fact, in John 18 and 19, we get a whole lengthy dialogue between Jesus and Pilate. Like, not just Pilate trying to talk to the Jews who delivered him over. Like, there, mm-hmm. there are these scenes in Pilate's quarters where they're talking between the two of them. And Pilate's trying to be like, so what's the real deal here? And, you know, Jesus saying like, no, my kingdom's not of this world. Don't worry about it. Don't worry you know, about like, it. you know, like, if I really wanted to do anything, I could. But, you know cool you know it's cool and then yeah i mean it gets pretty deep kind of esoteric it's in one of those conversations where Pilate asks the now famous question what is truth that is the most greco-roman thing they could possibly talk yeah about. That, that's so true they're like yeah well what is truth what anyway is truth? you know like trying to like <laughs> you know get out of it but unlike jesus Pilate is not a ruler who is primarily concerned with the interest of others you know because that's that's the kind of yeah. person jesus is Pilate is not at the end of the day like, even his desire to, you know, set Jesus free is not entirely, like, it's kind of like, ah, yeah. like, I don't want this. It's like w- w- the, the anecdote about um, trying to dissuade the protesters, it was sort of like, it would be more convenient if I didn't have to send out soldiers to kill you. Yes. It would be just a lot easier if you went home. Yes. So it was a, it's always just a tiny bit self-serving. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <sighs> so, yeah, he's a politician. And so when the crowds are like, we're going to tell Caesar you're no friend of his if... <laughs> You know, like, you don't do this. Yeah. Pilate's, like, doing the math in his head, and he's like, yeah, okay. Like, I will <laughs> I will do this. And so it's not even that he's like, okay, crucify him. It's like, he had, well, first he has him flogged, thinking, if I have him flogged and beat to a pulp, oh my maybe they'll say, like, okay, that's good enough, and we'll go home. So then he has him flogged, which is ridiculous, because he knows yeah. he's not guilty. And he's like, all right, I did it. Can you go <laughs> home now? I'm like, no, no, uh... crucify him. So then he's like, all right, well, you know, soldiers are pulling his beard out, you know, putting a crown of thorns on his head. I think it's after he's been flogged like the soldiers have put a robe on him to mock him this yeah. is the crown of thorn things and yeah. he's like you ever had fabric pulled off of Ugh. raw flesh Gosh. like that is an unpleasant experience in itself I don't know the picture going on yeah like that feeling of like I'm sure it was not reapplying like, there's no way it was like 400 Egyptian cotton thread count no it probably sucked yeah it was I just wish wearing it was probably extremely painful and then to take it away like the blood gets sticky yes oh gosh yeah. So all this is happening. I mean, you know, Herod and his soldiers, he sends them over to Herod because he's just, he's really, he's like, I don't want, like, again, Pilate's like, I just don't want anything to do with this. Yeah. Like, if I can help it, but not in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, someone else take care of the problem. And, uh, of course, Herod's cronies do the same thing. And um, all that is to say is that Jesus, like, suffered. When we say he suffered under Pontius Pilate, like, yeah, he he suffered. And ultimately, of course, Pilate does hand him over to the mob and, and he is crucified. Right. And uh, he literally, <laughs> literally put, brings out a basin of water and washes his hands in some sort of symbolic gesture to say, I find no guilt in this man, but I'm going to hand him over to you Wait, and like his blood like, be on you. He has a public hand washing? Yes. Like he literally. Public- yeah. Just like, like washes his hands. Like liter- literally like, like, what? see, uh, I'm clean. I'm free of this. You know? Dope. Yeah. What is interesting about that to me, I had never thought about this until I was preparing for this, but that he does that, like the self-serving act of pouring water over the hands, washing <laughs> washing his own hands, symbolically clean yeah. in an act of actual like self-serving narcissism, basically. Yeah. Like, yeah, like I'm not gonna do the right thing here. I'm gonna serve my own interests. And he does that to himself, whereas like the night before, Jesus had washed the disgusting feet of his disciples, like yeah. in an act of love. Like just like the contrast between these two men is It's very stark. Very stark. And uh, yeah, so Pilate not only has Jesus, you know, unjustly flogged and beat and all this stuff, but then he capitulates to the mob yeah. and then he lets them 
execute. Good grief. Him. I said, so, I mean, like, I knew that. Yeah, that's Like, <laughs> I knew what happened next. Yes, but it's still, you know, kind of crazy. Yeah. The more the more you actually kind of explain his position and stuff, it makes, it makes a little bit more sense to me as to why we have his name in the creed. Yes. Because... He, I, I guess I didn't really appreciate how influential he was in the realm, even though he doesn't really seem to do much that's yeah. <laughs> truly beneficial. Yeah. Um, but it, it contextualizes more yeah. than I expected. Mm-hmm. Pilate is also mentioned by name in Luke chapter 3. When Luke is laying out the beginning of Jesus's ministry, he mentions all these things like he'd, or maybe it's John the Baptist. Now I'm like, I'm forgetting it. Someone's got to fact check me on this because I don't have it right in front of me. But like, he's basically talking about Jesus and John the Baptist, something like that. And he talks about at the beginning of such and such a time when Tiberius Caesar was reigning and Pontius Pilate was prefect over Judea. So like, he's even in like the collective oh. conscience, even at that point in the story. And in that, that helps define time. It, yes. it helps to put place in time where and when something was happening. Like yes. the era. That actually makes more sense. Yes. Also, in Luke 13, I'd forgotten about this till just now. <laughs> See, you know, you should like, I had read about this recently and I, when I was doing research on Pilate, but then I forgot to throw it in here for some reason in our little podcast notes. <laughs> Fun fact. But there is a, a moment in Luke 13 where the crowds come to Jesus and they're like outraged and shocked and they're telling Jesus about how Pilate had killed some Galileans and mingled their blood with their sacrifices. Uh, whoa. Yeah. What? Yeah. So again, like just Pilate is just this like, really? What is up with this guy? Right. Yeah. You know, he's hard to make sense of. He is. And the reason they brought that up was they were trying to say like, oh, look, like God was judging the Galileans for something probably by, you know, they were probably terrible sinners because this happened to them. Oh. And Pilate did this to them. And like they not only died, but their blood was mingled with their sacrifices, which is extra <sighs> terrible. Right. And the point jesus makes is, is like like no you're we're we're no better off like you're no better than they are like there's no reason yeah. that like don't go feeling self-righteous yeah. about that yeah exactly like the fact that that this has not happened to you doesn't <laughs> indicate anything you yeah. know you're not more righteous than they are but it's interesting that those little anecdotes about Pilate do show up yeah. little mentions of him so that's that's Pilate. <laughs> all that to say that's Pilate. he situates Jesus' death in historical reality and like you said he really does kind of have a prominent role to play there mm-hmm. and uh, Paul even says in 1 Timothy 6.13 he's talking to Timothy of course he says I charge you in the presence of God who gives life to all things and of Christ Jesus who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession to keep the commandment unstained and free from reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. So that's actually probably the earliest creedal expression about Jesus and Pilate. Like that just almost carries directly over into the creed. And so we say Jesus suffered under Pontius Pilate. And uh, that's him. That's the stuff that goes on with him. Another fun fact. Mm -hmm. I think in the Coptic church, there there was like some weird stuff around Pilate later in some realms of Christendom. Really? I think someone definitely fact checked me on this. I think he was canonized as a saint later. What? As a saint. What the crap? Like the tradition went that maybe he became a Christian after all this happened. Possibly. Are you sure this wasn't a rewriting in the 90s? Yeah, that's it. That's right. Right. Well, there was a book. It was um, not apocryphal. What's the word I'm looking for? Pseudepigrapha? No. It was like one of the Gnostic Gospels. It was called The Acts of Pilate. Oh, my God. That was written in like, I think the earliest 7th. It was like 400 ADs. Yeah. Anyway, just some weird stuff happened on that. So, So anyway... The creed, of course, goes on to say that, you know, Jesus suffered under Pontius Pilate, but it also says he was crucified, died, and was buried, which, you know, may go without saying, but it's probably important to mention that (laughs) the reason that's included in the creed is because, as you pointed out earlier, that's kind of the central event of 
the Christian faith that mm-hmm. Jesus, the Son of God, was crucified, that he really died, mm-hmm. and that he was buried, and he was in the grave three days. That becomes important because, obviously, if Jesus didn't really bear God's wrath on the cross, like the crucifixion, his death is just a pathetic martyrdom, right? Like, if he's if he's not who the creed has already said he is, that he's Lord, he's the Son of God, begotten of the Father, all these things, if he's not really born God's wrath, yeah. his death doesn't mean anything. Again, he's just like, uh, oh, another At that point, revolutionary. Just, exactly, who, exactly. He just died for his own cause, and that's yep, it. and that's it. Now, on the other hand, let's say Jesus lived a perfect life yet didn't really die, but maybe rather just swooned or something like that. That's that's literally, I cannot remember, I think it was a German theologian. That's literally the word he used in one of his famous writings to describe what actually happened to Jesus. It's like, he didn't really die. He swooned. Swooned. He swooned. Swooned is what happens when it's 90 degrees and it's me. Yeah. (laughs) Just... Just to go back to how I That's, cannot handle hot temperatures. I can't handle the heat. Yes, which obviously I'm thinking, this guy must not have ever been familiar with what crucifixion actually entailed. <sighs> or being grief. flogged for that matter. Like, most people could have died from the shock of just being yeah. flogged. Oh, absolutely. Not to mention, okay, like, Jesus would be flogged, crucified. He had a spear, like, <sighs> run through him after yeah. he died. Like, everyone forgets that. Just the guy was like, yeah, take a spear, make sure he's dead. Like, you know, like, you're, just, you're not, you're not going to survive that. You're going to die. So anyway, he died because if he didn't really die, even after living a perfect life, we're still lost. Like our sins haven't been paid for. All that is to say, that's one of the reasons Jesus had to become human, right? That's, you know, people are like, why did God the Son have to do that? Like, why did he have to become human? Well, God can't die unless he has a mortal coil he can shake off, so to speak, right? So he has to become human so he can literally die for our sins and the burial seals the deal. Like there was a tomb and a stone. They knew he was dead. If you want to be more believable, quote unquote, realistic about a theory like that, you can do what the Pharisees did, which is immediately, they're like, no, the disciples stole the body. Like that's why it's gone. Like, in fact, Matthew says, and that story has been perpetuated among us to this day. So that's more believable than saying he's just swooned, you know? Just say you had uh, an individual that suffered just one of those punishments and then was like taken away to recover in like a convent for all I care. Yeah, you right. would still just die of your wounds. Yes. You would still just succumb in a like slow, drowsy, painful death. Yeah. It's, yeah. So, you know, just stack them all on top of each other and swoon, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Even <laughs> dunking on 19th century German theologians. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I love it. Mm. So anyway, that in short is all contained in the article. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. Wow. Aren't you glad we had that discussion? Wow. I am. Fun. I am glad. That is. Yes. Yes. So that's that article of the Creed. There you have it. Nice. We've laid it all out. And all of it's, well, all the detail we could fit into a 25-ish minute <laughs> yeah. podcast episode. So as always, thank you for listening. And if you have any questions about Creed, that article, or anything else, you can email it. Podcast at horizonschurch.net. Mm-hmm. You can interact with us on social media and if you uh found this content helpful you can leave us an honest five-star review yeah thank you to those of you who have we and appreciate got, it yeah, yeah that's uh it's very it's very helpful it's we, nice. we do we do appreciate it so and thank you as always for listening and we'll catch you next time mm-hmm.